Hello and welcome to Tuesdays with Dahi and Maura. I'm Maura. <laughs> no, we are Paper Tuesdays. Welcome to Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer, Mark Halpin. Hello Michael. there, nice of you to join us. How are you keeping? Fantastic. I, <laughs> We've got a, absolutely. We've got to Parish of the Week, Mark. Would oh, you like to hear Yeah, it? yeah. yeah. On, We're going a bit different this week. We're going new to the parish, Abdullah Afghan and Fatima Abdullah. They arrived from Afghanistan via Pakistan and they're new to the parish in Bettystown, County Mead. And Bettystown, County Mead is parish of the week, so. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, this is a bit of a different story. I was just taken by, um, oh, I didn't I didn't send you the photo of them, Mark. The, mm. the, the children are as cute as anything now. They're, you know, you butter wouldn't melt in their mouths. But what I, I just found a gas that, you know, this man, he wakes up in Bettystown, County Mead. He drives an hour and a half to Craig Avenue in County Armagh, where he works as a doctor. Then he drives back in the afternoon or an evening or whatever. But like, the, the, their story is gas how they ended up in Dublin like he he would have ended up um, working as a doctor in Mayo for a little while mm. and um, the fact that you know they were born in Pakistan and they end up in Armagh you know it's it's quite the life story for me anyway what yeah. do you make of it it is and how did they make it into the paper Surely because they're new to the parish just I the fact know. that they're yeah it's a feature in the Irish Times oh, so just that they live and they exist <laughs> and that's worth it slowing down <laughs> Foreigners. <laughs> oh dear. But they've all got COVID back. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were worried. But this is the thing now, right? I I they like being in Ireland and they like how Ireland is a good place for their children because they're living in a good country and living the best life a child could have and they're safe here. Mm. All very good and positive, and that they hope. Uh, they know Irish citizenship will help their children build a bright future. Yeah. What I'd I'd like to see the Betty's Town community get behind them now that they saw them in the paper, because I kept thinking, what will happen to the children if we both have to go to hospital? We didn't have any support around us. That was really hard. Hmm. And it made me think, I, I know we're in the pandemic, so we can't really have much support, but like, isn't there a pity that there is no GA club that go up to Abdullah and help the children? Or I don't know. Yeah. What do you think now? Yeah. Well, do they play the GA, the two? No, I don't think they do. Yeah. So maybe they need to start playing GA. Is that what? Yeah, they're still waiting on the transfers to come in from Pakistan to their last club. But yeah, I don't know. Would it be the GA that I'd look after him? Crashes? No, but maybe? like, oh, crashes, yeah. But like, I'm sure you could get a babysitter. But I mean, like, that community support is mm. as in, like, if you're, if you, I'd expect now, if you, if, if something, if you're in a bit of bother, your mm. GA club should help you out. Yeah, I yeah, don't know yeah. how. Like, I, I just think people are there and they'll they'll help you out. It's just the way it is. Or <laughs> yeah, you have to ask for help as well. Yeah, you can't just sit and wait or like shout help. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Abdullah needs to like talk to his neighbors or what? Mm, yeah, get to know your neighbors or whatever. I suppose. But yeah, they probably don't have cousins or like aunties or uncles. It is strange, like. If yeah. you go somewhere new and like it's just strangers and you can't just walk up and like here will you mind this <laughs> we both got COVID <laughs> <laughs> did your perception of COVID change after having it oh yeah absolutely right um I'm not a COVID denier but I found it easy like yeah I didn't it didn't affect me obviously it affects different people in different ways and people have obviously gotten very sick of it but like I was more afraid of it than what I got you know the right. bark was worse than its bite for me. Like, I, I genuinely, I wasn't, like, you know, like, fucking sanitizing everything the whole time and, like, get, like 
being terrified of it but when i got it i was like it's not that bad like right for me for a young healthy person i think for most healthy people it's not something to worry about really yeah yeah unless you get a really bad strain of it or whatever but did you see that video antiviral um no no that, that was stark now hmm. was this um there was this 17 year old 50 year in school or something and he's he's discovered the, the clot in the lung and he was healthy he ate well he was um went for walks and all so he's had three different health episodes that ended up in, in this hospital only one of them was COVID. like the first one was COVID, and then these two things have followed on as it's a just of mad as yeah they they imagine it's the result of it yeah it's um it's a really unpredictable one. But anyway, Bettystown County Mead, they can rejoice that they are Parish of the Week for in the hope that they will reach out to Abdullah and uh, the children there. So fair play to Bettystown. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> now, College Tribune, Mark. Old Man Belfield. This is the story <laughs> on him. Oh, yeah, go on. Go on. Yeah, I yeah. know this fella, even not being a, a UCD student previously myself. Yeah. But I have. I've, I think everyone would sort of know him. Yeah, exactly. Our age, anyway. I don't know. If you know people who went to UCD, you know about the Belfield... What's his name? Old Man Belfield. Old yeah, man Belfield. yeah. Belfield Michael Batman is his Belfield Batman. <laughs> but um, he died there, obviously, recently, a, mm. a month or two ago. But what I like about the UCD College Tribune's paper there and Connor Kaplis, the senior reporter there, he dug out a source there for someone who was saved by Old Man Belfield. Back in the 1990s, uh, art student Gisela Scanlon was making her way uh, uh, through Belfield's campus and um, it was a wet and windy night and then uh, she was attacked by a tall dark haired man the guy came out of nowhere and he wrapped his arms around her and uh, like a rugby tackle to the ground so then old man Belfield just happened to be there dashed in saved Scanlon and dragged the guy off him threw him to the side and didn't say anything just helped him up um, didn't throw any punches what I like about it is it was all very silently done like a Zen Buddhist and uh, the attacker didn't fight back and just scampered away into the night. Um, th- there was a lovely um, tribute to him. And it, the fact that the woman herself now serves as president of Trinity Graduate Students Union. And since that day has always prioritized safety for everyone on campus because some um, she doesn't want anyone to be in a situation where there is no Michael. So isn't it gas how this man, he was a homeless man and he was just in a heart that uh, was large very big mm, fearless yeah like and he was offered wasn't he like accommodation in ucd and wouldn't take it yeah because uh, he just he did he like being homeless have you ever do you ever speak to him when you're up there no but he didn't want to be you knew he didn't want to be spoken to like yeah. he he just wanted to go about his life um like he like um she a, a few three years later or th- three years ago um she met him on a bus and she says you probably don't remember me but uh, and told her the story mm. and then um he said in a very pronounced dublin accent similar to ronnie drew there's no need to be saying th- anything like that these things happen like mm. you know and that was the end of it then you know so um it's it's gas it's um and he died recently was it yeah only um february um on the grounds of ucd um so yeah, uh, the university has now set up the Michael Byrne Community Fund, which will support stu- scholarships for underrepresented students with socioeconomic disadvantages, community initiatives at UCD, and an annual student award that recognise community building. So there you are now. That's cool, isn't it? How random it was that like a homeless man can now have his own like piece of history in the 
the yeah. school. Like, what did he do all day when he was in UCD? Walked. Walked, walked around. around. And yeah. he didn't talk to people? No, no, no. Like Flood, yeah. when he was in UCD. <laughs> Sorry, James, I know. All James Dunn was talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, they're now taking CVs for the next homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't send them CVs. <laughs> Mark, have you seen this? I love dogs, really. Well, only recently I've just realised how cute. <laughs> 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 I was there on YouTube. I was trying to find the picture of the dog, and there, look what comes up. <laughs> Shout out to Bree Brown, who, uh, who showed me how amazing Marty Whelan is. You should go on to his, or his Twitter page, at Marty Lyric FM. That's one with Paul on it. And in the uh, leather no, today a classic timeless uh, yeah. yeah look at how he's taking that do you think he says the timer up now five yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh i can't find the dog but it's a cute burmese mountain dog and yeah. it's uh, a puppy in training and he's five months old and this is the president's latest addition to the dog mishnok is the name of the president's dog um i just think this is amazing i just uh, burmese mountain dogs are burmese mountain dogs are very cute as well, aren't they? They're beautiful. Very yeah. nice dogs. Uh, so the president's moved on. He had two, yeah. was it? And one died. So yeah. now he has a puppy and a large. Yeah. And the large one is a male. Or if he, is he going to make more? I don't know. Do you reckon he could sit on the back of it? <laughs> uh, on the big one. How cool would that be if like, oh wow, Michal Martin was given another speech about another lockdown and then Michael Lee rides in on his dog and goes, enough! <laughs> out, Michal, out! Open the pubs. <laughs> he slaps the dog on the arse and rides off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I love you. Oh, yeah. dogs as well. They are, yeah. they are so nice. Yeah. But uh, I, I'd like... The shed is another thing. Oh, yeah. So you'd wonder, like, does the president show up with dog hair all over his... <laughs> his suit to the UN meetings. <laughs> God, there's Michael D from Ireland. <laughs> Covered in dog hair. <laughs> Sitting at the children's table. <laughs> Isn't it a unique side though? I, I like the quality that quality though about our country, you know, the, the fact that you know we get a sense of we get a, a sp- our spirit is stirred by the fact that our president has a new dog. Yeah. You know, it's a simple delight. Yeah. Whereas like America is like so up in arms or whatever. Yeah. We're like, oh, he got a new dog. It's like, <laughs> he's the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. <laughs> Actually, I think I was going to treat this as a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our TTPs is about Alec Baldwin quitting Twitter. You yes. can't do irony on Twitter. You can't do any irony in the United States anymore because the US is such an uptight, stressed out place and such an unpleasant place right now. Mm. There's a lot of charge energy in that, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I was listening to somebody talk the other day. I think it was Jordan Peterson on his daughter's podcast. And he was saying about, they were talking about Twitter. Twitter, with two hard T's in the middle. <laughs> and, and they were saying that, like, what Twitter is so negatively charged because he was reckoning it could be because of the character count is so short that you have to get an impactful message away straight across. There's no room for nuance. There's no room for compassionate uh, soliloquy or, like, slow times of trying to get your point across slowly or gently across to someone. It's like, bang, here you go. Take that. 180 yeah. characters so it all sounds aggressive and then people respond aggressive and then it gets out of hand like jesus i went on i have been off it for a long time but i went on because of that 
thing I seen on Twitter, the fella from oh, yeah. 2FM who is in a bit of hot water over something. But I went on and everything is awful. Like everything's like bang, ten of the worst words in a row. Follow his his name followed by like now, obviously whatever if the he has done what he's done, it's completely wrong and horrible. But he hasn't been charged with anything. Yeah. Nobody knows he's done anything, right? This could all be made up. It was yeah. on a Reddit post that this was put up. And yet you go on to Twitter and hundreds of tweets just with absolute fucking, there's a bad word, defamities just destroying this fella's name. Like, and now if he has done it, he deserves it. If he hasn't, like he has a family. Like his mother could read all that shit that's being said about him. Do you know? Yeah. And it might not be true. And like it's happened to people like around Brian Callan in America and he get done for like he all he was like trying to be cancelled or whatever. Now he's back doing podcasts and stuff and he like he's been cleared of all these charges, but he's been accused of all this horrible shit that he didn't do. It was just made up for people to, for like this cancel culture thing. And it could have destroyed him, but he just said, No, I'm not going down like that. And he fought it and he cleared his name. Through all of it, so that could be the case here again, and it like we shouldn't jump the gun and just say horrible things about people because people are people as much as your people. Do you know, like treat other people the way you want to be treated. If you were in that situation, like if you've done it, you deserve it. But if you're innocent, wait until they're proven guilty. To you know, trial by social media is dangerous. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um... I, I'd say that's something that's kind of been built up in you, you know, because you see it so often, like it's it's almost a daily occurrence to see what who's next really on the on the slab um, of mm. social media. Uh, something that's that's a good impression there from Peterson on on Twitter because what it, it it peels it back for me anyway because what I I get in a habit of you see one tweet that you don't agree with, then you read the next one and you still don't mm. agree with that. And it's a, it's a visceral chain that just gets out anger. of yeah. anger. And you read more tweets and you get angrier and angrier. Yeah. Like I, that's why I was doing Twitter. It was like, that's stupid. And then I read another thing like, that's fucking stupid too. I was like, that's even more stupid than that one. I, that guy's probably not that bad now. <laughs> like it was just a vicious circle. It's like a fucking angry machine. Yeah. Let's, let's lighten the mood here. Um, what have we got here? Oh, my, maybe my dark addiction. White mm. fruit soda bread, mm. Mark. White fruit, or well, I'm you oh, know bread, white soda bread, bread. Yes, and there's raisins in it. Uh, oh, Mark, it's got. Cocaine. I'm addicted. Who makes it? I buy it in Pettits. Okay, and it's two forty. But Mark, you know a loaf. Mm. It could be gone in forty eight hours. A loaf. Yeah. Oh my God. And you toast it? No. No. It's just, it's and just, I, I've, I have developed a thing with butter that I like. Don't eat butter in this world, mm. and I don't take butter, mm. so I just eat it raw. Jesus, it raw. <laughs> it's like eating fucking what's it called? Arrow board. <laughs> Bread with no butter is insane, insane. Uh, I'd be the opposite. I put, I drink butter. I actually do drink butter. I put butter in my coffee. I think there's butter in that. Yeah, see little bubbles in that. That's butter. I put butter in my coffee for is this for calories. Yeah, calories and yeah. I, I don't. I think butter is good for you. <laughs> <laughs> like fat is good for you, so I I dipped my uh, before you came. I was eating dark chocolate dipped in coconut oil. I was just scooping the coconut. Like, proper fucking indulgence. Like I was like indulgence, but like, it's there's a purpose. For, like because you have to eat at the moment. Mm. Watch this space at Mark Helping Fitness. <laughs> because Mark you fatness. 
because you have to eat a certain amount does it kind of take the pleasure you know it becomes a responsibility rather than yeah with certain meals certain meals like Mm. i eat a lot i eat (laughs) close to a kilo of mince most days and beef and that's kind of hard it gets tiresome but like i I don't get tired of like butter and stuff like that Mm. i just don't i love it see this is i gave up dark chocolate for lent and Mm. Uh, I'm going very well now. I have to say, mm. I'm surprised because I used to treat that as a judge. But I, mm. oh, I find the human being incredible because, you know, oh yeah, I had no addiction to soda bread before then, but now I'm addicted to soda bread, so I kind of have to stop mm. eating soda bread. I try know? like a chocolate then instead to replace the soda bread. Cocaine to replace the chocolate. <laughs> Murder to replace the cocaine. <laughs> So now uh, I, I we've no resolution really. I think I no. should just stop eating the soda bread. Yeah, is there what? gluten? Sorry, is there gluten in soda bread? Is there flour? Is gluten flour? Depends. You can get gluten-free flour. Oh no, there's gluten in it then. Yeah. I don't like. I would have been one to say. I've said it before on the podcast. I think actually of like, you know, your gluten intolerance is sort of in your own head or whatever. But sorry, I popped my ears there. Uh, Shane's girlfriend Roisin, yeah, drinks almond milk Baileys because there's dairy in the regular one so if you're drinking alcohol and you're worried about the milk more than the alcohol of the effect that it's going to have on you the next day there has to be something real there you know yeah right that's an interesting one now yeah yeah speaking of interesting one would an alien invasion put an end to racism yeah i heard this as well on another podcast i actually can't remember what this was on but if right so my GA club is playing your GA club. Fuck you, I'm the best. I'm my team, your team, over there. We're Wexford are playing Dublin. Right. We're together. Okay, right. Dublin, right, right. over there. Ireland yeah. are playing England. We're with Dublin against yeah, England. Yeah, yeah. Countries, Europe, fucking the Ryder Cup, whatever. So if we... <laughs> Political geography of America. At the moon. <laughs> 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 it's going to be like, the world, the moon. <laughs> That's how we end racism. We start a war. (laughs) We've had the war on terror. We don't need it. War on lunar. (laughs) Not the war on drugs. Not the war on terror. War on the moon. (laughs) We're having a press conference for war on the moon, and Dana White is going to be in the middle. (laughs) Well, you're mad. I think if we ever need to have a confrontation with the aliens, we should send up Adam. Um, you know the way Adam Spencer. No, well, <laughs> we could send Adam with you know the cute little child with the brittle bone syndrome. Um, I haven't. I only see late, clips late, of this. Late late I, don't, show. I didn't see it. Oh, he's very cute. He's yeah. only I don't know how high he is, but um, <laughs> and he was very well dressed on the late late show last night, and uh, he's raised thousands of euro for uh, charity. And uh, anyway, he wants to be an astronaut. And they, they're, he knows that if they remade the suits, they could send him to space as well. So maybe he could have a discussion with the aliens because it comes mm. across quite elegant. Um, so, so it's just the fact that the suits are too big for him. Yeah. It's the only reason we can't talk to aliens. We can make <laughs> rocket ships and do all this astrophysics, but we can't make a small fucking astronaut suit. Come on, people. Fina Falls. Priorities. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> um the but do you think aliens okay two questions mm. one 
Do you think aliens, aliens exist? Two, would they end racism? I, I think aliens do exist. There's a lot of evidence coming Whoa. out. That I haven't looked at the evidence, but I see a lot of being shared. Aliens do exist. That Bob Lazar documentary, have you seen that? Is that the fella who's very well-dressed? Uh, it's all about to be well-dressed, really. Uh, he was no, on Joe Rogan. I think that's Lex Friedman you're thinking Yeah, of. I think yeah, so, yeah. He's yeah. very smart as well. But this right. Bob Lazar guy, you'd want to watch his interview with Joe Rogan and then his documentary about him and his work in Area 51 because aliens are definitely real. And I think the White House admitted this year that aliens are real. I think octopuses might be aliens. Whoa, okay. Right. Go just, on. Just because the way they act is so strange to anything else that's on this world. And if you watch my octopus teacher, they're very intelligent too. Right. So I think they could be some form of alien. Did you know they have more than one brain, I think? Octopuses. Was, yeah. It's so strange. And jellyfishes have no brain. Oh. I think their nervous system is spread out through their entire body. It's not in one specific location. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Also, uh, an, an, sorry, an, another interesting point to think about. Your brain isn't only in your head. Your nervous system goes down your spine. Your brain is actually in your spine, your central nervous system. Mm. So, mobility. Marfaz being feedless. So another thing. So you think it is? I listened to Elon Musk's uh, interview with Joe Rogan. I think it's only a few weeks old. Mm. And uh, Joe asked him, "Do you think aliens exist?" And he said, um, "No." Um, but if they do, it's new evidence, and we'll adapt to it. Then you know, it's just <laughs> very rational uh, approach to it. You know, mm. anyone else might be going to bed. Well, he know. he'd be the first man they go to as well. Yeah, aliens aren't going to come to us. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely going to Elon Musk first. I find him gas because he—you can tell—he's almost like a politician in that he goes on Joe Rogan because he has a point to say. Mm. So he had a few things to say, you know. So yeah, everyone could have Wi-Fi because we're going to put satellites in space, and we're just going to give Wi-Fi to everyone. Um, we need to see, you know, like he—he he has a few things, and you know that's the discussion. So it's like. Uh, Catch up with Elon, you know. <laughs> Keeping up with the Musk. <laughs> What's his daughter is like 10 multiplied by 4 or something. Yeah. yeah. I could not get over that. Really. How do you pronounce it? Well, that's the question, yeah. Algebra. <laughs> so he just calls her. Algebra. Come in for your dinner. <laughs> Berlin Wall. Great Wall of China. Trump's Wall. Walls are stupid because we have planes. I yeah. love that. I that love was that. more of just a thought than a TTP, but I said I'd send it to you anyway. Ooh. Where there was definitely planes in World War Two, yeah, that's just a fact. Bombs fell out of them. So it like, is. why were why were we building walls when we have planes? It's like this is no, not, can't come in here. It's like I just go over it. Like if you really, you know, if you were trying to keep out the enemy, they're the enemy. A wall, like fucking twenty foot high, isn't going to keep them out. Like, yeah, you know, they can throw stuff over it. Like, yeah, that was sort of my point. And in this day and age, Trump building a wall, did he build it? I don't know. What I found gas was there was a fence already there. Was there? And he just sort of yeah. built a wall around yeah. it. Like oh, they, oh, he was kind of like saying, we need a stronger fence. We need a wall. You know, that That's was... why he was in Boland's in Arkle. <laughs> Cement. <laughs> Texas reopening. Texas reopened. Yeah. What do you think of that? I'm not surprised. I think it's gas. Yeah, right. I'd love to live there. Love really Texas. Hasn't it changed a bit, Mark? Because mm. even growing up, like you know, I still have the impression that Texas is just places where if you eat the burger within 30 minutes, you get the free, you know, it's just that's just sport. So 
but now it's more than that. It has that southern element, but it also has a lot of people are moving there that mm. are very, you know, wealthy, wealthy and well to do and open minded, mm. and mm. they like the the groove of it. Um, I think even Tim Ferriss is there, and what do you call him? Is Joe Rogan there now? Or I think so. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are moving there. Yeah, including Paper Tuesdays, maybe maybe soon. But, <laughs> Uh, apparently, I read some mad stat once that there was more tigers privately owned in Texas than there oh, was right. wild tigers in <laughs> India. <laughs> privately owned, like pets, like tigers. Would you ever like to go to America? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to live there. I think you could, couldn't you? You could get that visa, which are your degree. Oh, really? Yeah, I think you have to have like a four year college degree or something to live there. But yeah, I, I'd love to live there. Yeah. But uh, one place I would have liked to live was Los Angeles, but apparently there's like really bad homeless problem there so I probably wouldn't live there I'd like to live in like Montana or somewhere where there's bears I'd like a threat outside yeah life is too easy life is too easy yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to have something to contend with every day like going out to your car you'd have to sprint in case something catches you and then once you're in the car you're sort of safe until you get to work and you have to sprint inside (laughs) (laughs) and are you surprised if reopened yeah, well, yes and no. Like, you know, it's Texas. If anywhere is going to do it first, it's going to be Texas. Mm. And it may be Cork. <laughs> Maybe Cloney is next. But, uh, like, if they can do it, like, is that going to be a marker then to everyone? Like, Texas is doing okay and they reopened. Are we going to follow suit? Mm. Do you know, uh, like, restrictions are opening on the 6th of April. But what restrictions are lifting on the 6th of April? Do you know? Like, mm. are gym's gonna reopen are like sports clubs gonna reopen is it pubs probably won't like restaurants are they gonna say on the 6th of april like okay now we can have takeaway fucking food again or like something stupid like that mm. i don't know but uh i'm moving to texas anyway so right. we got that from that okay fair enough <laughs> um what else we got here we go one more um the money flower on Snapchat, Mark. This might tee us up nicely mm, to our guests. Yes. So, have you seen the money flower on Snapchat? No. no. Well, I saw a graphic of it, so I get the impression you give money to someone. You give money to someone, right? And there's this flower, and there's all these different layers, like an outer layer, an inner layer, and then a center layer. There might be an extra layer in there, I'm not sure. But you pay, I think it's 150 euro, and you get your name on the outer layer. And then right. for when that outer layer gets full, the person in the middle gets a grand. And then the more more space comes on the outside and everyone else moves in one closer to the center. Right. You know, so with the more 150s go in, they get the pot. Why? Why is right. And people do it. I don't, I, I was trying to find out, I generally put that question out on the Instagram to find out if anyone has been paid by this. And now people came back with some smart answers, but like there's no, no one has actually said they got paid by it. But I've seen a few people putting under stories, like people putting under stories so people will donate to the same flower because it's in their interest that people donate to it because so they'll move what goes to the center and then when they get to the center they get their grand and more people move into the outside like it's a gamble like it's 150 euro yeah for a grand back like i can see why people would do it but i can't see why i would do it yeah it's gas mm. yeah people Are... will do anything to not work 
<laughs> Michael, would you like to introduce our guest today? Yeah, so our guest today is investor guru and uh, Liz Gray investing uh, manager of sorts, Callum Nolan. Callum, nice to have you on the show. How are you keeping? Thanks, Callum. Not too bad. How are you getting on yourselves? We're great, Thanks. yeah. Tell us, how do you get into the investing game? Uh, I suppose I'll start at the beginning. The first time I looked at investing myself was around two years ago. I remember I was in Spain. I was listening to a podcast by, do you know Stephen Barlett? He's the CEO of Social Chain. So you've probably seen a lot about social media management, social media advertising over the last while. Mm. So Stephen Barlett was really one of the, the big guys in this. He'd been in it about six, seven years. And he's the CEO of a company called Social Chain. And I was listening to him on a podcast and he'd said they were merging with this company in Germany. I tried to look them up. I can't remember them for the life of me. But I, I looked it up anyway on the end of that podcast and it was about $4 a share. And um, I was like, Jesus, like, you know, that's not bad. Like, I, I might buy a few of these, but obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty never did. And then that was, I think it was on a Friday or something. But anyway, the market opened on the Monday and the share shot up to $18 a share immediately after he had said he was merging with that company. So I suppose it was from then I started trying to kind of look at investing. And like, it had always been something I'd been interested in. You always kind of hear it from some people like, oh, such and such bought this stock and they made X amount of money. But that was the first time I'd ever really kind of heard or seen something for myself and thought maybe this would be, a good idea, a good place to put some money, but then obviously didn't take action on it and then kind of followed along on the sidelines for another while. And then, excuse me, then the second time that actually got me into investing was this year in March. So in March, I started a new job with an American company. And as part of the starting bonus, you got um, shares in the company. So you got 5,000 American dollars worth of the shares that you get to invest after you pass your probation and I was coming up to pass my probation then in around August, just gone. And I'd seen I'd made about $3,000 extra in six months by doing nothing. And I'd always watched people on YouTube like Graham Stephan, if you ever looked at him or a guy, Financial Jeremy. These are all really good guys for if you're interested in investing. And it just seemed like there was so much, so much to do. And I suppose a lot of limiting beliefs as well. It's like, you know, how would I pick stocks? You just, whenever I think you think of stocks as a beginner, you think, you know, there's lads on Wall Street, like, like, how would I know what they don't know? And they'll be quicker than me and this, that and the other. But I suppose at the beginning, yeah, a lot of limiting beliefs. And then just signs, I suppose, that I could do it myself. And I'd seen like those two big jumps. And then I just started getting into it myself. Yeah, learning as much as I could. And then practicing on the demo account before setting up my own account. It's probably a bit long winded, but um, that's probably how I Got into well, it. it's necessary because I, I I don't know, Mark, if you're like me, but like I I just it's kind of gone over my head a little bit anyway. Uh, certainly, especially when you look at GameStop and Shorten and all this, it's just um, it's a long way from the credit union savings account. That's all I say. Mm-hmm. What, what do you make of it? All? Yeah, abbreviations scare me. Like, there's a lot of abbreviations <laughs> there, and it's all like NASQB. It's gone up by five point six percent, and I was like, oh fuck, that's never going to mean anything to me. Like. <laughs> Well, uh, that's it. It's a bit daunting. Like it is a bit daunting. That's yeah. why I sort of asked Callum to come on to sort of explain things, and maybe help a few people that might be in my boat and are a bit scared by it. And it's also risk taking. And now, obviously, it can be hard calculated risk take. But like, you know, it, it's that level of uncertainty that is just going to stop people say staying away from it completely. 
Yeah, I'll touch on there. Like you said, kind of the whole GameStop and AMC. Like I personally didn't touch them. Like, and I, I did put up a post about it. Like I wouldn't have considered either of them investing because there was there was no fundamentals change. There was no big catalyst. There was no reason for those stocks to do what they don't apart from a thread on the internet to be like, let's all buy this because there's a short squeeze, which like, you know, like I'm invested now a while and I wouldn't ever even consider going near something like that. Like that's far too volatile, far too risky. And you might as well just like go down to Ladbrokes and put a bet on the football at the weekend before going and investing your money in something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So would you say, I I, I get the impression even just from watching, I, I saw your YouTube channel there yesterday and I get the impression that the hustler mindset is kind of at the root of what you're doing, you know? So it's the idea that, okay, I don't really know a whole lot at the start, but that doesn't mean that I can't just work and understand it and become more fluent in it. Yeah. I think that's it. Like, I think it's just getting rid of the limiting beliefs and just, you know, like actually getting into something and doing it instead of always saying how you will do it because I like for me personally the best way to do something or learn something is to really get your hands dirty and get stuck in so for me it was just a matter of you know like I'd sat on the sidelines long enough seen what was possible and never really got involved and then I got to a stage I was like you know what I'm I'm going to kick myself in 10-20 years if I just keep saying you know what ifs Mm. and can I ask what what makes you passionate about stocks like what like to me they're numbers and they're is it because that they're moving targets or like what makes you pick up the phone and say right I'm going to record this video now about something that's changing and moving and people need to hear about yeah um that's a good point as well so you're saying they're kind of like the moving numbers and this that and the other so that'll be really um technical analysis so I wouldn't invest on technical analysis because it kind of brings it back to the start as the guys on wall street you know like these lads who have 10 computer screens and they're looking for all these you hear all these buzzwords like moving average, bullhorn, triple up, down, all this kind of like that's all complete nonsense to me. If anyone could actually read the stock market, they'd be a billionaire and they wouldn't be working for a hedge fund on Wall Street. So I'd invest in a way I'd call it social ARP investing. And if anyone wants to as well get more information after this, Dumb Money Live are a really good podcast who are social ARP investors. So that's the kind of way I'd invest myself. So I'll give you an example. So Peloton, say last year, since March went up about 200%. And there was no, there was no indicator that, you know, Peloton was going to do amazing. There was no technical analysis or breakout or all these buzzwords that it was going to do good. It was simply social arb, you know, it was a social change and trend that gyms were going to be closed and people were going to start using Peloton service and products. And that's the way I'd kind of invest because in my mind, there's no way you're going to beat someone on the computer looking for tiny scales of margin, but to invest in companies that kind of, you know, are going to have social changes and are going to change the world. So I wouldn't say, like, you know, like I'm not looking at stocks to invest in so much, but it's companies. Mm. So for example, like the market's been absolutely terrible this last week. You know, you've probably seen it's all going down, but no fundamental of the company has changed, which is why you would never kind of sell at the minute when all these companies are down. For another example, a company I love, CCIV, they're merging with Lucid Motors. So they're going to be Tesla's biggest competitor. The CEO is the ex-head of engineering in Tesla. And that company went from $60 down to about $25 in the last week. And it's the biggest chunk in my portfolio. And it's gone down lots, but I haven't sold it because, you know, nothing has changed. Just because there's a bit of a, a shake around in the market doesn't mean you should sell it because the fundamentals haven't changed. 
the people running the company are still great people and have great ideas and a great business plan. So I'd very much say if, if you're looking to get started, don't go and always look for the best return, but invest in companies you like and that you use every day. Yeah. It's a long-term game sort of you're playing then. It's not yeah, just... Event, like whenever you, you kind of see stats, like, you know, people lose money, like 90% of people lose money in the stock market. That's people who are trying to, you know, get in and do like what happened with GameStop, like seeing something like that that goes up two or 300% in a day. Like you'd, you'd be very lucky to get that over a year and over a year of actively investing yeah so you're living kind of the that that's interesting though because you know the way we've even discussed it on the pod before i think warren buffett's quote that you should be uh, you say greedy when you're greedy when other people are being careful and when other people are being the opposite whatever that is yeah, so when, you were, you, when people are being careful you should be greedy and when people are being greedy you should be careful yeah, exactly. And like, even like in the last three weeks, I had the majority, I'd say about 40% of my portfolio in free funds. But then this week during this big dip, I bought more of all the stocks that I believe in because they're at such a lower price. Mm. Okay, right. And right. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. So where does Liz Gray investing figure in uh, this? How do you become a Liz Gray follower or Oh, well, to be honest, Liz Gray is just a name I came up with to have the group because I, I didn't want to have it. Like, obviously, it's under my own name, but in time, I'd love to get more like-minded people also as admins in the group who could also kind of send out trades or recommend books and everything. And then the name Liz Gray came about because my granny lived in Liz Gray in Cavan, and then my other granny was called Elizabeth. So I put the L-I-Z Gray. It's literally just a name to have everything to kind of, I suppose it's an online portfolio of you know the beliefs and what we're buying what we're selling and ultimately i'd like to have it as more than just me one day so i didn't want to have kind of a trading group just called colin nolan's ideas about the stock market okay. it sounds eloquent Liz it does Ray. yeah it does, yeah it doesn't yeah. sound like the, people see wall street or stocks as sort of shady i think yeah you know and it's like the wolf wall street film and like it's just people trying to make quick money quick book fast and it's all like as your man says in the film at Fugazi, it's all sort of up here and it's not real and like that's sort of the way I definitely would see it. And I think if you were to ask the average lay person who doesn't trade in stocks what stock trading is about, they're like, Oh, they're cowboys, basically. Yeah. But with the way you've just explained it there is sort of what it actually is. It's not the film. No, one hundred percent not. But like as well, like you know, it's it's so much deeper as well than like if you were kind of the average Joe and you didn't want to do what I do and be looking at the stock market every single day, you could invest in something called an ETF. So that's an exchange traded fund. So have you heard of the S and P five hundred? Hmm. So the S and P five hundred is basically the Fortune five hundred in America. It's the top five hundred companies that are basically performing the best. There's a fund called the S and P five hundred. So it basically marks the five hundred companies that are doing the best. Since 1970, when it's been created, it's had an average of an 11% return a year. But you can invest in this thing, this ETF, and say you put $100 in, 100 euros in, it will put an equal amount into each of the top 500 performing companies. And because it's an exchange-traded fund, it will be managed for you. So say if you didn't want to go and invest in Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Tesla, you could invest in this one fund. And then it would equally diversify all your money across everything yourself. And you could basically invest in it and not look at it again, like, and it would hopefully grow on the average 11% a year for you. Right. That's very smart. But like, 
surely that affects competition, would it? Or would that affect the pricing of different stocks if you were to just say, okay, I sort of invest in everything. I invest in the best ones. Like, does, say you invest, was it the, the 11 best it goes to? No, the 500. 500, and each goes equally into the 500. Yeah, well, so the, the fund will be managed. So say Apple, Amazon, and Tesla maybe doing the best. So they might be, say, 4% of the fund. Mm-hmm. And then a company like ExxonMobil might be 0.5% because they're not performing as well. Yeah. Right. Mm. And how does someone join your group? Do you send out a, a di- weekly newsletter or like what, what do you do? Or? Yeah. So, well, I basically send in like kind of my thoughts around the market. So I send in what I'm buying, why I'm buying it, ideally where I'd like the price to go. And if it reached a certain price where I'd kind of cut my losses and just say, okay, look, you know, on to the next one. And then just send in some book recommendations, you know, I've PDF'd a few books in. But it's basically just what I'm doing in the market, why I'm doing it, links to like, you know, what, what I'm investing in and why. It's definitely not something to blindly say, okay, I'm going to join the group and buy and sell exactly what he's buying because ultimately, even if you made or lost money, you'd have absolutely no idea why it had happened. So you'd want to read up a bit on the company, I think, anyway. And then yeah. that's kind of the whole idea of it. And how do you become a member? Uh, yeah, so you just join. There's a link on the Instagram and then you join. So you join through the Telegram app and then it's 20 euros a month. Right. There you go. And I tried, right? So yeah. I tried to sign up last week and I created an eToro account. And at the minute, the minimum deposit you can put into an eToro account is a grand. So yeah. that, that's your minimum amount you can sort of uh, gamble with at the minute. Now, Colin said that would probably go down. Well, I, I'd hope so. It's kind of, it brings it back to the beginning. Like they've made a huge barrier to entry, which I don't personally understand. I mean, it's all been a very funny timing. Like, you know, people always talk about market manipulation and it's, it's hard to say, you know, with Itaro changing their minimum account to a thousand euros and then trading two and two haven't actually been taking on clients since the whole GME, the GameStop mm-hmm. thing about four weeks ago, because so much people joined the app, like in, um, January when GameStop had that massive run, trading two and two was the most downloaded app in the UK and Ireland. That right. that server was so bad that you couldn't actually get onto it. So people who had, you know, were you know actively trading couldn't get into their accounts. So they had to put a hold until they'd upgrade their servers. But it all came at very interesting time. But yeah, there's there's been a huge barrier to entry really from I suppose mid February to get into the markets. Yeah. I suppose the idea that you avoided the whole GameStop thing reflects how, you know, you're not seeing this as a casino type thing because that's kind of the way it has gone. But like what, how should, how should it be, how should the stock markets in an ideal way, do you think everyone should be interested, but everyone should be attuned to um, the stock markets? What do you think? Um, I wouldn't say everyone should do you know like what i would do like where you'd be quite active daily and weekly be buying like maybe three or five holdings a week and looking to sell them i'd say you know the majority of people should be doing like what i talked about with a fund and you know there's lots of funds there's not just the one i talked about where it's the 500 best companies say if you said to yourself okay you know like marijuana is becoming decriminalized in the us i think that's going to shoot those stocks up you could buy a fund that say had the 50 best marijuana companies and you could say, okay, I'm going to put money in here because I think that industry is going to grow. Or, you know, in America, Joe Biden has just said he wants all school buses to be electrical vehicles by 2030. 
So you could say, okay, I want to buy a fund that has the top 30 companies that could possibly supply electric vehicle school buses. And you can put it in and then kind of not look at it that way. I don't think everyone should be actively looking at it. But I, I definitely think like, you know, if you're just putting money into your savings, it's really not going to do a whole lot for you. Whereas you could put it into a fund and, you know, historically you do pretty all right out of it. And do you think that's the reason why stocks have become so popular? Because the, the savings rates, you just don't get anything really. Well, it's, it's, it's pennies. I, yeah, I, I definitely say it's an increase. Like, you know, there's lots of factors that come into it. It's obviously savings aren't as attractive. A lot of people are moving to different places in the world now. And, you know, the money you could make off dividends or off capital gains in a stock account could support a lifestyle in a much cheaper country. There's there's many reasons. And obviously everything online, like GameStop as well. I mean, that's what shot up the downloads. You know, if you see an average Joe making 500% on his money in a week, you're probably going to want to have a look at what he's doing as well. Mm. Yeah, and um, are they starting to regulate the market now? Is that what I heard that like because of the GameStop situation, that some of the major sort of players in it are calling for regulation in terms of stocks and how they're traded? Yeah, like there's there's always kind of talks about like what more could be done, but even when that whole GameStop thing happened, like a lot of the big um retail brokers like Robinhood and Weevil Weevil in America. They actually banned the trading of GameStop and AMC during that big bull run. So there was a lot of talk around, you know, like was that market manipulation from Wall Street because they're short squeezes? Like, because some of those, some of those funds lost millions upon millions of dollars during that week. Mm. So, like, it is sort of, is it a free for all? Like, I, I obviously don't know much about it, but is stock trading? Is there a governing body of it? Or is it sort of just whatever happens, happens? No, I, I think it's the, I don't uh, quote me, but it's the SEC in America, I believe, is it? But, mm. you know, when you, when you sign up to your account, you kind of give all your information. If that's what you're asking, like with your PPS number, so you can pay your tax and everything at the end of the year on your capital gains. No, it was just sort of like in terms of the... Well, like there was a video with Joe Rogan. I think you sent it to me uh, a day after the GameStop thing, and it was a clip from the NBC. And um, I think the CEO of Nasdaq was on saying, um, "We need to. There has to be regulation." And the whole thing, Joe Rogan's point was, "This is the first time he's ever called for regulation. That you know, that it kind of suits. Yeah, it was him when he was that winning. It's regulated. Yeah, yeah. When it was, it was suiting him before when it wasn't regulated." And now that it doesn't suit him at the minute, he's calling for regulations that'll suit him. Yeah, I, I well believe it, yeah. Right. Gosh, that's interesting though. So like you don't really have uh, a vested interest anyway. An interest really in the commentary around that. You're just going with your um, pursuits, your um, the, like the companies that you said are, um, that you identify with. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, like, you know, I have my kind of bucket of companies that I like, so I wouldn't spend too much time going and worrying about everything else. Like I have enough enough to be reading, hopefully, and looking up on to see what the companies I like are doing. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, there's there's always calls and there's lots of community forums, even within Trading 2 and 2 on changes that should and need to happen. But it, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, you, you can read about it lots and what regulations might happen, but until you get a notification in your broker telling you what regulation has changed, I don't think there's too much of a point getting too vested into it because it's not going to do a whole lot for it. Okay. So if you're um, starting, 
I could be speaking. I don't think. Or, or actually, what do you think of crypto and Bitcoin? Uh, it's definitely interesting, but it's not something I know enough about or understand enough about to put my money where my mouth is with it. Mm, yeah. So with this, if someone is looking to get into this game, you have to have a level head anyway. That's probably one of the one aspect. What other aspects would you recommend, um, Callum? I'd say, yeah, the main ones, like you said, would be being able to manage your emotions and then having patience with it and then also not being greedy. Like I'd say one of the biggest reasons people would lose money in the stock market would be being greedy, whether that be whether you're up a certain amount of profit and you don't want to take it because it could go X amount more or you're down a certain amount and you don't want to lose it because it could come back. Like it'd be really, they'd be probably the three main um I suppose factors you'd need getting yourself into the stock market. Yeah. And say someone was trying to list their podcast on the stock market for 50 euro a share, would you be interested in uh, investing in that? Which was it? Sorry. <laughs> if someone was to start trading their podcast on the stock market at 50 euro a share, would that be advisable? Are you not like <laughs> a platform or? No, I'm only joking. We're, we're going to list ourselves on the NASDAQ. <laughs> Over, I'll invest. Like, is, <laughs> thank you. That is a question, actually. How would you start that? Like, you obviously, you have to be like a public limited company, wouldn't it? You'd have to, yeah. You know, so that's something to look at for yeah. the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you'd either go through, so you go through an IPO, which will be an initial public offering. So that's kind of getting everything ready. And then that usually takes, I believe, 12 to 18 months. And then you can kind of get yourself listed on the market, set your price. And if people want to buy, they do. And if they don't, they don't. And then the other one, which you'll see a lot of in 2020, you might have heard another buzzword, SPAC. So that's a special purchase acquisition corporate corporation. Hmm. So a big one, Bill Ackman, um, you might have seen him. He was someone who shorted the S&P, that fund I was talking about in March, hmm. um, when it went down loads. But basically a SPAC, is you can have a holding company gone public mm-hmm. and then you can basically merge with another company to get them onto the market straight away. So that's something you might have seen of recently as well. Right. But that's all very, um, very like intense. Definitely not for the first thing you'd want to be going and looking at. You definitely have a... Do you merge with the gory Guardian? Yeah. We could do, have, make something happen there. We are, <laughs> we're currently outsourcing. Like I know you were reading Tim Ferriss's book, uh, The 4-Hour Workweek. So we're looking at like, we tried hiring Indians through Instagram <laughs> in the past and it hasn't really happened but we're still we're gonna get there someday yeah so, well uh, Callum you actually mentioned how you had experience in this you you were uh, you're a step ahead there with um, Upwork and the website uh, do you still do a bit of that uh, just uh, linking the right website creator with the right company that needs a good website I still do a little bit yeah I still have the the people who came to me for the first few websites and they might come to me when they need something done. But yeah, Upwork is a, is a great resource for getting things done online. Yeah, it, fair play. Because it's not easy. Well, yeah, I tried a few. What's tried Upwork? To fix my, um, so Upwork is a, basically a platform where anyone can auction their skills for making a website. It's a freelance platform. It's a freelance platform, yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. For making a website? Yeah, so like that's... The, the fellow... Like the lads I was messaging for making a website could have been in India. They were in oh, India. Oh, you were on Upwork trying to hire people? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, look, maybe we can <laughs> do something there. We'll get on Upwork. 
yeah. but like podcasts are a good way to get rid of dumb money pod is one you mentioned is it dumb money podcast is a great one yeah for beginners dumb money podcast and financial jeremy if you look him up on youtube he's a great one so he do daily or every other day videos and stocks he's looking at and they're also fairly insightful great and is stock the best thing to invest in like as opposed to say real estate uh, I, I wouldn't say like you would do one or the other like i suppose it would be mainly what you're interested in but in an ideal world hopefully both mm. i mean depending on what you want like even again bringing it back to the stock market you can invest in something called a REIT. so that's a real estate investment trust and you could invest in say a company that owns properties that would pay you monthly for giving them money so a big one is really the income. So that's about $60 a share. So if you buy a share of really the income, they'll pay you about 4% annually and they'll give you that each month for giving them money to help them expand. So it's basically nearly like owning a rental income without a lot of the hassle. Mm-hmm. And um, this is another random question. Like, um, would you be interested in certain so you mentioned electric vehicles and peloton the fact of fitness like is there are there other personal uh causes that you're interested in in the stock market like would you be um what what grabs your interest i I suppose it wouldn't be like really in the stock market it would really be what's changing in the world so like Mm -hmm. for example like the the electric buses like i don't really care too much for electric cars or electric school buses but because Joe Biden wants all the school buses to be electric vehicles by 2030. That would give me the interest to go, okay, what's maybe the five best companies who could provide this bus and then potentially get the government contract? Because if that happens, then, you know, that stuff would go mad. It's the same way you could say, you know, when we started needed vaccines rolled out, Moderna stock went, went up a lot because they're the people supplying the vaccine. Like you weren't really investing in Moderna because you love what they do or you love the stock it's because it's what they're going to change in the world and that's why the stock price went up okay hmm. so like gender fluid bathrooms and stuff like that they're probably going to go up like you, you look at like social trends and changes exactly yeah. when so you don't like, get invested in them so to speak as you you just see the change and back it right um, support with your pocket rather than support with your mouth is such like you know yeah exactly yeah well, like if it's a good cause like I, I'm more than happy to say if it's a good cause or not but like I wouldn't be too worried like the main aim of it is hopefully to turn a profit on it so yeah that would be what I'd be looking for okay cool that makes sense I yeah learned a lot from this not more so just the, the ground, mindset that yeah, you need to have the groundedness that can yeah. go stock trading as well as like the mm, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all the yeah no that, I, I learned a lot that was very interesting it sort of uh changed my perspective a good bit on yeah. stock trading yeah yeah you can check yourself out on the uh youtube uh what's that Callum nolan or just yeah it's all Callum nolan everywhere and then the instagram is just liz gray investing and that's really just to kind of document everything that's going on within the group and then as well a bit a bit of mindset i suppose on stuff going into the market like one thing i posted last week whilst the markets were down a lot and it was something i wanted to make a note of was amazon stock so it was another note just to not sell when stuff was down if the fundamentals haven't changed so amazon since it came onto the market since the ipo has been down 50 percent four times and down 90 percent once 
And if you had invested, I have it wrote down here, if you'd invested $1,000 back in 1997 in Amazon and hadn't sold until this Friday, how much do you reckon you'd have? Ooh. Uh, 100,000, I guess. Yeah, um, 500,000. You'd have 1.7 million. Right. And six girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's kind of what I pose. It's just, I suppose, a bit of mindset and a bit of guidance for people who may be a bit newer as well, just to kind of know, you know, some things don't sell when everything's red or like Mark said, you know, be greedy when people are fearful and fearful when people are greedy. Mm. Thanks, Callum. Cheers, Callum. Thanks Cheers. for that. After yourself. Take care. Bye-bye.